social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to the John DePietro Show. It's always Christmas at Anthony's Jewelers. 65% off the entire store. It's a once-in-a-lifetime sale. 65% off this weekend only. Open Sundays. Sale includes diamonds, diamond engagement rings, diamond earrings, diamond wedding bands, diamond pendants, and bracelets. All at 65% off. All wedding bands, rope, Figaro, Miami Cuban, and puffed Gucci chains. Along with crosses and diamond crosses at 65% off. It's always Christmas at Anthony's Jewelers. 65% off this weekend only. One-year interest-free financing. Anthony's Jewelers. Where Rhode Island gets engaged. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at our website, DePietro.com. This portion of the program is brought to you by Propane Plus. Propane Plus. Remember, the Johnson family, what an incredible uh, reputation they have serving the people of southern New England. Remember, with Propane Plus, it's energy for everyone. It's affordable, sustainable, equitable good for the environment, and now it's renewable. Propane Plus, locations in Rehoboth and also in East Greenwich. So the Jesse Smollett jury has come back, and uh, I hope this guy does jail time. He should go to jail. Uh, That is disgraceful. That was someone trying to exploit and start a race war in this country. That's the last thing we need. He had a fake story. It's, It's embarrassing anyone that actually believed it. I put out on Facebook, the comedian Dave Chappelle, he, I think he had the best, uh, you know, four-minute little bit on Jesse uh, Smollett. He even mispronounces his name and so forth. But it, it, it's just ludicrous uh, when you break it down. And he does a very effective job, Dave Chappelle. Of the, he imitates the police officer who's, like, taking down the report. Um, but it also, look at Kamala Harris. The rest of them, they all fell for it. We're going along with it. Now, apparently Don Lemon has called him out, called him a liar. He is a liar. And he's a coward. And however he ended up where he ended up, he, he, I hope the judge sends him to jail. Send a message. Folks, so many of these hate crimes, they're, hate, they're hoaxes, they're fake. And yet, God, people love to fall for it. Now, I also want to touch on two things with Governor McKee. Number one, he said, well, you know, to say that we're giving out the bonuses to the state workers, 3000 each, uh, that was a misstep. Well, then it should be eliminated. Now they're just trying to figure out a way to get them the money. They shouldn't have, should never agreed to that. Sets a dangerous precedent, and that's following on the precedent they set with the Providence Teachers Union, giving them all $3,000 bonuses. But Governor McKee also has a big challenge ahead of him, and that is not to cave. All these people that are screaming for a mask mandate, none of them are business people. None of them are business people. Uh, according to the governor's own team and him, Rhode Island has high vaccination. Uh, there are some people in the hospital, pale and compared to some other states. Uh, mask mandates in businesses are unfair. The people that are doing it are not friendly to business. Restaurants have been through hell. Businesses, retail have been through hell. Just as they're trying to rebound and make a comeback, you want to put them back in the business of being the police and trying to police masking in their business. Otherwise, you're going to shut them down and give fines. Listen, this, this has been very difficult to business. It's hard enough to get workers. They can't get the proper staffing because the government was paying people not to work. And now all this is going to do is just create more tension within the business community, and it shouldn't go on. So in many of the progressives that are screaming for it, I, I don't understand. I mean, it, it, if you are vaccinated and you wear a mask and you wash your hands, then you should not be concerned about people around you. Listen, it doesn't inoculate. If you're vaccinated, booster, and everything, it doesn't inoculate it against it. You have, your body, come, our bodies come in contact with different viruses every day and our natural immunity and you keep yourself healthy and so forth and it fights it off. But the, the people, it, it's just ironic. The people who are vaccinated, who are wearing masks, it, it is an element. They want everyone to wear masks. As we've talked about, it's a free country. You're not going to do that. Um, they, they, you know, they don't, they still allow people to smoke cigarettes. They're going to legalize cannabis. <laughs> Basically, it is legalized. It certainly is in mass recreational Rhode Island. They're not, you know, they're not arresting anyone for it. So they may say, not say that it's legal, but it's legal. None of the illegals coming in are vaccinated. But this business, you know, this is, it's, it, it is political and it's too bad it became that way. But Governor McKee cannot cave to this loud mob that's demanding he institute a mask mandate. Wrong. Governor, don't don't cave to it. 
Uh, be strong. This is, it would be terrible for businesses. And it would also look in New York where, you know, Mayor de Blasio wants to force private business to get all their employers, employees, excuse me, vaccinated. That's wrong. Stay out of it. This has basically become the flu shot. That's what it is. It's a flu shot. Get a flu shot. Helps you avoid the flu. If you come in contact with it, you don't get as sick. That's what it is. It's a flu shot. I've been getting flu shots for years. I get it every fall. Helps fight off in case you get the flu. This whole thing should be repositioned. I agree with the washing of hands. I even agree with the masking. Meaning for those that are comfortable, fine, wear a mask. But you don't start forcing everyone to do it. All right, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Folks, they're located 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence. Easy to get to right off of Silver Spring Street, right off of 95. Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Ron and Melissa, everything is baked fresh. And especially this time of year, they have delicious Christmas cookies, Christmas baskets, Christmas everything at ron's pastry gourmet delicious calzones everything fresh stop and see them look for them on facebook and their hours are tuesday through friday 7 a.m to 2 p.m ron's pastry gourmet ron and melissa delicious christmas baskets and delicious christmas cookies and treats plus the most delicious calzones and also cannolis ron's pastry gourmet stop it and see them 170 royal little drive in providence look for them on facebook for directions and hours that they're open it's christmas time at ron's pastry gourmet it's always Christmas at Anthony's Jewelers. 65% off the entire store. It's a once-in-a-lifetime sale never done before. 65% off this weekend only. Open Sunday. One-year interest-free financing. Anthony's Jewelers, where Rhode Island gets engaged. All is here. It's going to start to get colder. Folks, call R.E. Coogan and Heating today at 401-732-6562. R.E. Coogan and Heating. 24-hour emergency service, whether it's plumbing or heating and cooling, helpful, trustworthy, reliable. As Coogie says, let us into your home. Don't fix it alone. Call them today, 401-732-6562. You can also find them on Facebook and the website, recooganheating.com. They are helpful, trustworthy, reliable residential services. From winter to summer, trained technicians provide 100% service, one customer at a time. Service calls, maintenance agreements, call R.E. Coogan and Heating today, 401-732-6562. It's Coogie, 401-732-6562. Again, look for them on Facebook and then the website, recooganheating.com. Call now. Keep your home nice and warm. Gas, oil burners, 24 emergency service, R.E. Coogan and Heating, 401 401- 732 6562 about the problem with the border and how that is affecting things right now, the border crisis, and also how that's affecting our culture. The border crisis is the result of the Biden administration's policies, which are unduly tolerant of illegal immigration. Also, the fact that the legal structure governing immigration has collapsed, and it's now possible for really anyone to come to America legally or illegally, and get to stay. Uh, The claims that people claiming asylum make are supposed to be adjudicated, but by the time they're settled, uh, those making the claims have disappeared into the country. So effectively, asylum is an open door. And the third factor is simply that the politics of immigration are extremely one-sided. All the groups interested in the issue want more immigration rather than less, the public, however, wants to see limits. There's really nobody in Washington who wants to talk about limits. And that means that the whole country is being changed with really no consent on the part of the society. The uh, cultural issue is simply that the people coming to the United States today as immigrants are coming mostly from the non-Western world. And that means that they're quite different from the immigrants that we had 100 years ago or prior to that. 
the earlier immigration came mostly from Europe. And so people who came from there were actually more compatible with the United States uh, than the groups that are coming in now. So the assimilation problem that we face is much more serious today than it was previously. But nobody wants to talk about this. We want to pretend that everyone's exactly the same, everyone's alike. Uh, unfortunately, that's not true. And we have to reckon with the cultural differences. Folks, again, good afternoon. We're speaking with, it's the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. We're speaking with Professor Lawrence Mead, NYU. And Professor, if you'd be so good to touch on the fact that these Haitian immigrants, they do not assimilate into America. Yeah. Well, uh, it isn't that they don't assimilate. I think actually over time they do. I mean, there's evidence to say that it takes about three generations for people who come from uh, very different countries to assume uh, American political attitudes. So, no, the Haitians will assimilate like other people. The problem isn't that. It's the scale of it, the fact that so many Haitians are coming and so many other people from the non-Western world. It's too much for us to assimilate. That is my main objection. So the, the fact that people are coming from a certain place is less crucial than the fact they're coming with a very different culture from the one that, that this country takes for granted. Touch on this past summer, we all saw the situation at the border. The Border Patrol was accused yeah. of whipping these Haitians, 15,000 yeah. people under a bridge. What stood out to you with that? Uh, mainly that uh, the Haitians had actually come earlier to Mexico, or it would have been originally Brazil in many cases, and they've been trying to get into America for some time. And it's understandable. Their own country is falling apart. And that is true for quite a few countries in the non-Western world. So people want to get to the West where life is a lot better. But unfortunately, the numbers are beyond what we can assimilate. So we simply can't allow this. We don't have a complete solution to their problem. And we have to give up the idea that the solution is for everyone to come to America. That really isn't fa isn't feasible. Right. So in the article, I recommend that we should, in fact, send troops to, to Haiti and restore order. Yep. That's the main problem they have. The place is run by gangs. We have to restore order, and we ought to do that rather than have everybody come to America. Uh, professor, and again, folks, we we'll speak with uh, Professor Lawrence Mead on the John DePietro Show from NYU. Professor, um, you know, I like the fact that it stands out to me. You say, you know, not everyone, and, and it sounds simplistic, but not everyone can come and live in the United States of America. That's not I the know. solution. I know. And, and, and we, this is a new situation. In the past, immigration has never been so great. That, we, that there had to be hard and fast limits. But that is the case today. I mean, much of the non-Western world is giving up on their home countries. For understandable reasons, these countries are falling apart. You have chaos. You have, you have the complete denial of the rule of law. You have unspeakable conditions. But that doesn't mean that they fit their traditional requirements for asylum or uh, other categories that allow you to come to America. That isn't what we're dealing with now. This is quite new. And we, we simply can't tolerate an expansion of opening openings as we have we allowed under under asylum. That means everybody comes to America, and we just can't afford that. And Professor, I'd also like to touch on the fact that, you know, you're in New York and uh, in New England. So let's just say whether it's Columbia or Harvard or Brown or MIT, they'll get some students and like just pick a country, Chile or. Yeah. Venezuela, and they'll get students that will attend, you know, Columbia or NYU, say, or let's just say in New yeah. England, Harvard, MIT. Well, after they graduate, they, they don't they they then stay. And what we've done yeah, is we continue yeah. to rob the drain brain from those countries. Those students yeah. that come to the United States to go to school, these are the future business leaders, professors, educators. Yeah. Yeah. doctors that those countries need. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I think the major problem for us, though, isn't isn't the talented few. They, they certainly are talented. They contribute to this country. But you're right to say that they deprive the home country of leadership. That's true. And, and if they stayed home, they might be in a position to resist and take over these countries by the drug gangs. But, of course, it's easier for each individual to escape to America because yep. it's easier for them. Uh, but that is not a solution for the world or for the home country. So we have to resist that. On the other hand, I wouldn't say that the talented immigrants are our main problem. It's really the large number of completely unskilled people yes. who are now pouring across the border. Yes. They are a much greater threat because usually they're much less 
selected to be compatible with America than the groups, than the students. Yep. students that are going to the Ivy League schools, they are already compatible with America. They are not our problem. They're an asset to us, but the others are a problem because there's so many, many more of them, and also because they have so much, so much more to learn to become compatible with this country. And again, folks, we're speaking with Professor Lawrence Mead, NYU, author of the book Burdens of Freedom. He also has a podcast, Poverty and Culture. You know, Professor, yeah. I don't know if you're familiar, so the mayor of Providence— his name is Mayor Jorge Alorza. He's uh, basically, his parents were, whatever word you want to use, undocumented illegals from Guatemala. Yeah. So he's sure. from Guatemala. He became uh, the mayor of the city. He runs a sanctuary city. He flies. They set up direct flights. So he has all these people from Guatemala flying into Rhode Island, direct flights from Guatemala, and then they settle, and he runs Providence and Sanctuary City. Now, there's a couple things. Number one, they tend to become terrible victims of crime because they still hesitate to contact the police when they're robbed by local gangs. And number two, the individuals that are coming, they're not doing anything other than sending money back, but they're certainly yeah. not improving life in Guatemala. That's right. That's right. Uh, what you're seeing there is an exceptionally talented person who gets to the top. And there are lots of success stories. Every immigrant group can point to individuals that have made it good in America. Yep. And and they say from that, oh, that just means immigration is a plus and we need don't need to worry about it. No. The majority of immigrants are having a much harder time. And especially people from countries like Guatemala. Uh, these countries are less assimilated to the American way of life than any others. And therefore, we're asking for trouble if we simply have large numbers of people from these societies, even though you know, there will be outstanding cases like this man who, who are unusually able and who get ahead and all that. We're all in favor of that, but we can't, to get that, have this much larger group of totally unskilled people who present a real problem for us. Is it fair to say, uh, Professor Mead, that the Trump policy on immigration was more effective than the, the Biden? Basically, it's an open border they're running. Yeah. No, no, Trump, Trump, Trump's policies were more favorable to the national interest than any other that we've seen in immigration for a long time. Now, the, the methods that Trump used were often contestable. They, they were challenged in court. Some of them were illegal. There's no question that Trump was up against the legal structure, which didn't allow him to do what he wanted to do. But nonetheless, he, he clamped down on immigration very sharply, and that's just what we needed. I mean, the key is not so much what particular people come here. It's the sheer numbers that we have to worry about. And Trump did something about that. It was the best thing he did as president. Uh, Professor Mead, before I let you go, I am curious your thoughts that in New York City, uh, the city council there, they're voting to give non-citizens the right to vote. Yeah. What is your thought on that? Yeah. Uh, I guess it. I mean, this is really contrary to what we imagine. Uh, that is, we should not be allowing non-citizens to vote and those that are illegal they should go home we should deport people who are here illegally i don't think we should be squeamish about this yeah now many other people are here legally i mean there are people who are not citizens who are nonetheless have legal status that's something else i think you could talk about some of them in some elections having something to say but in general no uh this is an abuse and it shows the attitude of many people in the democratic party they just think it's just fine to have people flood into the country uh, whether they're legal or illegal. And I don't think that's the way most Americans think about this. Folks, again, from NYU, he is uh, Lawrence, Professor Lawrence. Propane Plus. For heating and cooling, call Propane Plus today in Massachusetts, 508-252-3359. In Rhode Island, Propane Plus number 401-885-4209. It's the Johnson family. It's Propane Plus, the leading full-service provider of propane, to Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. Not only can they install your tank and schedule propane deliveries, but they can service your entire heating, cooling system, and install any propane or natural gas appliances. Locations in East Greenwich and also in Rehoboth. Remember, Propane Plus is energy for everyone. It's affordable, sustainable, equitable, good for the environment, and also now it's renewable. Online at propaneplus.com, Propane Plus heating and cooling in massachusetts call the rehoboth office 508-252-3359 and in rhode island 401-885-4209 you can depend on propane plus
It's always Christmas at Anthony's Jewelers. 65% off the entire store. It's a once-in-a-lifetime sale. 65% off this weekend only. Open Sundays. Sale includes diamonds, diamond engagement rings, diamond earrings, diamond wedding bands, diamond pendants, and bracelets. All at 65% off. All wedding bands, rope, Figaro, Miami Cuban, and puffed Gucci chains. Along with crosses and diamond crosses at 65% off. It's always Christmas at Anthony's Jewelers. 65% off this weekend only. One-year interest-free financing. Anthony's Jewelers. Rhode Island gets engaged. To check out our website, dipetro.com, dipetro.com, which is sponsored by and brought to you by the Centerdale Revival Comfort Food and Cocktails, located 2025 Smith Street in North Providence. Shane and his crew, what a wonderful job they've done. Winner of several Rhode Island Best of Awards, Best of Rhode Island Awards, the Centerdale Revival. Delicious food, cocktails, a lot of fun. Stop it and see them. 2025 Smith Street in North Providence. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show. Joining us right now, he has a new book out in Trump time. It is Peter Navarro. Peter, first of all, congratulations on the book. Uh, take us through the process that you decided to write this book in the first place. I think it goes back to the very beginning. Uh, I, I was only one of three senior White House officials who was with the president all the way from the campaign in 2016, where I served as his uh, chief economic advisor, all the way to the end of what we like to say, uh, the end of his first term. And what was interesting is early in 2017, when I came into the White House, I was shocked. I don't get shocked easily, but I was shocked by how many people inside the perimeter inside the White House, inside the administration, were actually di- actively disloyal to the president and his agenda, who disobeyed the chain of command. And I thought at that point, you know what, I'm going to be part of history in some small or large way, um, so I better keep a daily journal. And that's what I did. Every night when I came home, no matter how tired I was, I wrote kind of what, the, what happened that day. And the In Trump Time book, uh, the In Trump Time means as quickly as possible exp- expression I coined, in Trump Time book describes the last year uh, of the administration during during the plague year. And um, I think the beauty of the book is it finally provides an insider's account. It offers the truth of what actually happened and the, the gulf between what people have read about in the, in the fake news and the corporate media versus the actual reality about the president himself, about the evil Tony Fauci about the betrayal of the president by the vice president, Mike Pence, about what communist China actually did to us in terms of attacking America with a virus and about what happened on both November 3rd and November 6th. Uh, that's what the interim time book really is about. It's a book, I think of both revelations, but also indictments and, um, Today, uh, I'm honored to be on your show because today is the day the book actually officially uh, publishes. Folks, again, we're speaking with Peter Navarro, his new book in Trump Time, Journal of Americans Plague Year. Peter, you write about your uh, first encounter with with Dr. Fauci. What can you tell us about that? Chapter two of In Trump Time. Let's take you right into the iconic situation room. It's January 28th. 2020. We're at the, the dawn of the pandemic. There's really only three people in the White House who are taking this pandemic seriously at this point. It's the president, myself, and the National Security Advisor, Robert O'Brien. And the president has dispatched me on a very, very important mission, which is to go to the sit room and convince the White House Coronavirus Task Force, Nason at the time, to support the ban on travel from China. This would turn out to be one of the most prescient and courageous decisions of the president, would save millions of lives. But at that point, he had a lot of opposition. So he sends me, I'm the tip of the spear, I'm his tough guy. I go in, the staff's down at the end of the table, he's chairing the meeting. I got one of, I I love Mike Pompeo, but the people who worked for him were, were just a lot of hacks. And I had one of his hacks by my left shoulder across the way. The, uh, the Orville Redenbacher doppelganger and Robert Redfield, the CDC head, uh, just one of the most bumbling bureaucrats I've ever met. And you had Azar there, right? So I knew I was going to have problems with the four of these guys. 
But across from me, there's this little guy, little round glasses, didn't know he walked on water, didn't know he was a saint. He was just a guy, right? And two minutes in, I'm in a violent argument with him. And he keeps insisting that, he keeps insisting that travel bans don't work. Like a parent, like I'm I'm going, dude. And I actually said to him, dude, it's like, uh, dude, it's like you mean to tell me that if you got twenty thousand Chinese nationals coming in a day, uh, many from Wuhan, many of them lit up like a Christmas tree with virus, that it, it's like come on down, like let them in, right? No, 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 we're not doing that. So. The, the meeting erupted, it ended like in total chaos um, with me fighting him and Mulvaney and everybody else. But but at the end of the day, I'm looking at this guy and I'm thinking he thinks he's smarter than he is, which is dangerous. But but I knew right then, I knew right then he was going to hurt both the nation and the president. But here's the interesting thing about that story uh, in the In Trump Time book. It's the lie not the Congress, which which Fauci did, but was the lie of omission. Let me let me explain something that, that people need to understand in this country very clearly. At the at, by that point, early in the pandemic, Fauci already knew that he was culpable in the pandemic. What did we know right then? We knew that the, the virus came from Wuhan. We knew that the virus popped up within yards of a Wuhan bioweapons lab. We knew that Fauci funded that lab through grants we knew that he authorized gain of function experiments at that lab which which were capable of turning harmless bat viruses into human killers and here's the here's the kicker he received an email from a top scientist that very month that told him flat out this thing was genetically engineered the lie of omission, the big lie of omission of Tony Fauci was not to tell me, the president, and the task force that that thing likely came from the lab. He never raised that issue. It cost millions of lives worldwide, hundreds of thousands of American lives. That man belongs in an orange jumpsuit, not as the <laughs> highest paid bureaucrat and plaque of the Biden administration. Folks, we're speaking with Peter Navarro, his book in Trump Time, a journal of America's plague. Yeah, Peter, I want to tell you, I read a lot of books. I don't know if you realize how funny you are. I was literally laughing out loud <laughs> reading this book. And it sounds, you know, as I'm here now talking to you, I can now I can picture your voice as I was reading it. I mean, folks, it is such like a straight from the hip. No BS. Um, Peter, I, I have to ask you, I mean, aren't you, are you surprised that nine months in the Biden administration is already, you know, completely, uh, the Titanic 71% feel he's on the wrong path. I mean, they've already lost their way. Not surprised at all. I, I predicted, uh, right after, uh, the, the transition of power, I guess you'd call it, that Biden would be gone uh, within a year or a year and a half. Uh, simply because it's it was obvious to everybody who wanted to look that this man had diminished mental capacity and that he invariably made bad decisions. I mean, that he was known for that in like within the Obama White House. And he surrounds himself with people who have no understanding whatsoever of how economies work. I mean, look, in, in Obama-Biden was eight years of, of massive federal debt economic stagnation and flat wages right they they, they they so we come along you know i'm i'm out with the with the boss we're campaigning on structural change in the economy tax cuts deregulation strategic energy dominance and fair trade that was our mantra we we put that in and we grow above the forecasts and real wages rise, particularly for black and brown Americans and blue-collar workers. I mean, and so Biden, Biden comes in and then goes, you know, reverts to the Biden incompetence mean. Doesn't surprise <laughs> me at all. And, and, and by the way, when I'm, 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 I'm so honored by what you say about when you read the book. Um, w when I wrote the book, I actually dictate, I use voice dictation yeah. software, and I try to write for the ear rather than the eye. It works. So, it works. And and if you listen to the book, what's fun about the audio book, I, I did the narration myself, as you as you might expect. I always like the author to do the narration. But I also have some guest voices in there uh, as part of it. So it's more like a dramatic production. Oh, so wow. Steve, Ban Steve Bannon's in it. Oh, boy. Richard Davis Hanson. 
Uh, the boss has a little cameo. Corey <laughs> Lewandowski absolutely steals the show. Wow. Uh, when he relates the story, I don't know if you remember the book, the story about him being on Air Force One with Dave Bossie. Yes. And how they're reading the riot act to Jared Kushner and, and campaign about not being ready for uh, for the steal that's about to come. Uh, so he narrates that whole thing. So it's 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 kind of a for folks who prefer like the audio books. Uh, this one, I think you'll find to be a, a little bit of cut above most of what uh, what you're going to get. But I, the, for me, the book submission, I mean, my mission is to take Fauci down. This is the Fauci fire. That guy's got to go. I'm sorry. He is he is a murderer. I make the case. Uh, you don't believe me by the time you get to the end of it. I'll give you double your money back. Uh, we got to hold China accountable. And, and we really do get have to get to the bottom of what happened on november 3rd and january 6th this is going to be the first audio book that i'm going to buy and i hope my family's not listening because you're all getting copies of the book folks it is in trump time journal of america's plague of peter navarro peter i mean i'm going to have you back a pleasure to talk to you congratulations I, this is the best book of 2021 hilarious oh i'm so flattered so that. all right Thank peter you, sir. congratulations Bye-bye. well remember stop it and see michael at the cbd store the cbd store and they're located 1845 Post Road in Warwick. They're right off of 95, right across from Airport Plaza. Stop it and see Michael, so knowledgeable, at the CBD store. What can they help you with? Well, they can help everyone, especially whether or not you're maybe you're fighting stress or anxiety this time of year, all time of year, everything we're going through. Maybe you have trouble sleeping or you're dealing with pain, even seizure. Stop it and see Michael, and he'll help you. All natural at the CBD store, 1845 Post Road in Warwick. You can also find them on Facebook. What they're also amazing about is they even have it for your pet. That's right. We started to give it to our dog who's a little bit older, and it really helps his hind legs jump up onto the the deck. Folks, stop it and see them. The CBD store and mention the John DePietro Show. 25% off your first purchase Stop and see them, The CBD Store in Warwick. Look for them on Facebook, 1845 Post Road in Warwick. It's always Christmas at Anthony's Jewelers. 65% off the entire store. It's a once-in-a-lifetime sale never done before. 65% off this weekend only. Open Sunday. One-year interest-free financing. Anthony's Jewelers, where Rhode Island gets engaged. Portion of the program brought to you by the Kui Sit-In. Check them out on the website, dipetro.com, the Coesed Inn or Rhode Island tradition since 1977, located 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge, whether a nice dinner or even just appetizers. There's always a great crowd. You can link directly to them, and gift certificates are available, the Coesed Inn, 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, which is DePietro.com. Joining me right now, she is uh, one of my siblings. She is an independent writer, columnist, and opinion maker, and it is uh, the one and only Donna Perry. And DJ, I want to start off at the top, and that is uh, the country lost a real American hero someone that uh, embodied the Republican Party, all good about America. And, of course, that is, uh, and I'm not sure if you've ever met him, but the passing of now Robert uh, Bob Dole. Yes, and good to be with you, John. Um, in the couple of years that I was in Washington, I actually never met him, but I, you know, he was certainly a big presence around us. Uh, I was there in the early 90s, and he really, the passing of Dole is so, uh, you feel kind of wistful, John, because he, he really was one of the last of what I used to call kind of the lions of the Senate. I mean, he yep. served, the, these guys were, they shaped a lot of American policy in the later decades, you know, of the, of the 20th century. I mean, you think he was there when it was like Orrin Hatch um, wow. and the Senator Warner, who really shaped, a, he was the Republican Virginia, and he shaped a lot of our uh, armed services and, you know, military and, and frankly, John Chafee, um, was, was, you know, at that time and, and all the, and Chafee had been a former secretary of the Navy, you know, knew each other very well at that time. Um, but then he he was part of a time that it, it almost seems like kind of gone when, when a lot of those big figures and they could, boy, they could have arguments, but he, 
famously would cross, you know, could work with the other side of the aisle. Yeah. Um, and there was a lot of stories about him as he's passed away now at age 98. But he, he yeah. could work on a bill with Ted Kennedy. And they did do that. Um, and he was, you know, just just really part of that era. I think it was a little more of a genteel time. A lot of it was prior to, let's face it, Internet and the social media um, time. But I would also note that he really was, uh, when you think back even to like a, a George senior Bush, um, John, who had, they had done World War II service. And I think you can't separate it. They, it shaped their view. It shaped their, you know, their just um, how they felt about this country and how our, you know, place in the world is so significant and important. And we're never ashamed to say that or think that. So I think he, you know, it's kind of remarkable and there's a lot of irony now. He's passed away at age 98, just within days, by the way, of, you know, the anniversary of of Pearl Harbor. Here we are, December 7th. And I will say, you and I, who are dad, you know, Major World War II also served. I think people kind of lose sight of that. And I think about younger generations. And I think, are they they reminding them that in school of what December Mm. 7th? We grew up to understand what it meant. Right. And not um, only that, but at the time, uh, the the number of people that that were in Congress uh, that that served in the military it was a it was a very high number compared to today. It's it's actually kind of a a, a big deal when you you know you do have yes. someone that that served. Obviously, you know the Rhode Island delegation has has Senator Jack Reed in Massachusetts. Yes, and you know Seth Moulton. But by and large, uh, the element of military service that. Back, you know, Dole in the World War II crowd, that that was more the norm. It is certainly not the, the norm today. It was, John, and it was also almost like required. Like, you you, yes. um, you know, the guys to serve <clears throat> in the Senate, you know, you felt kind of like, well, gee, you know, I don't want to be a guy sitting here. I, I didn't serve. So um, but he really was and he was known for really he was a witty guy he could be, you know, sharp elbows, of course. Um, but for anyone doing almost four decades in the Senate, and I thought it was just quickly notable that I think it struck Biden quite a bit yeah. at his passing. Yeah. Um, Biden was certainly in that mix at that time. Yes. That's how long he's been around. That's right. And, you know, I think it was notable that he wanted to personally say that. And obviously uh, only a president can order the flags at half staff. And, you know, so yeah. I just think that, you know, that kind of struck, maybe it made Biden feel a little bit like, wow, my time in Washington, you know, has certainly moved forward to this point. So um, Donna Perry also um, <clears throat> obviously very significant news. And that is caught some people by surprise. I think the element that not only is is Governor Baker not seeking reelection, but just that the lieutenant governor is not going to be. Going yes. For that. So uh, Governor Baker still incredibly a 72 percent approval rating. You know, there was talk that maybe he should run. I think the Globe had something. He should run independent and then not worry about a primary. Yeah. But uh, listen, very notable. Um, I, I, I think just, I mean, I want to hear your thoughts, but I think part of this is just what they have been through with COVID. And, yep. and it's still not over. And I, I think, you know, as much as could he battle it out for another term, but it's just, you know, where is this going? And, and I right. think it's, I think him not going for the third term, I believe, has more to do with the unknown of where are things going to leave with the pan. I think than the pandemic than anything else. I, I fully <clears throat> agree with that. You're right, and I I just don't buy that, especially if you have followed this guy. Now he's been yeah. two terms, coming up on eight years. This is he's a very people can think what they want. He's a very sincere man. Yes. I just don't yeah. think he plays games. I don't think he spins. He's almost. Yep. Not like a lot of what you see on the scene today. Um, and I think it to his great credit that he could have such popularity in one of the obviously the most known Democratic state in the country, probably um, yeah. as a moderate Republican. And I, I agree. I, I do think if you think of what they've been through, it it wore them down. And I, and I think there's probably a bit of disappointment on his own personal part, because if you think prior to the pandemic, he's certainly 
was like an engine behind, you know, behind the business engine of Boston. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's certainly pro-development of all that. The city had many, many big, successful uh, development projects in all kinds of industry sectors. And they're still go- going on, of course. But I like I think to your point, I think it wears them down. Like he had to stand there at these, you know, endless press conferences, as we all remember every day. And you're giving these numbers and this data. And then he, you know, they went through, John, that sort of just that very exhaustive period of where he would be announcing, okay, we're opening, like businesses can do this. And if you're a restaurant, you can have X amount of, you know, customers. And, you know, and then he got a lot of, you know, obviously there was a lot of blowback from that. And I think that, you know, I just think all of that. Protesters at his home. Protesters at his home. I was starting to become a regular, yeah. you know, element. And that was that was pre-pandemic. You didn't have any of that. And now it has become like more of the norm. Yeah. And I, and I do. You can understand. I mean, I think the guy, though, has a lot of talent. Now, would he in his he's 65? Could, would yeah. he go for, for the, ultimately for a, chair. a Senate seat, though? Yeah. Or, or, you know, I or mean, president. Right. You know, he's a he's just a, a really well liked guy in and so we'll see i mean i don't blame him though for saying i just like you say i just not doing i'm just not looking out for four or five more years yeah to do this he um and again folks so speaking with donna perry governor baker you know 65 it's not he's not young but he's not old he's he's like right on the exactly right you know you could seek another office or you could say you know, I'm going to see how I feel next year and then I'm going to wait and, and see exactly yeah. and, and decide if he wants to get into that. Obviously, you know, he'd be a formidable force. You win two terms and still a 72 percent approval rating as a Republican governor in mass, um, you know, but it, it's tough to get inside his head or just how much of a grind. But, but what about uh, Donna Perry? The fact we are you surprised the lieutenant governor is not going to go for governor. Now it's an open seat. Well, and then there's some speculation. That's <clears throat> right. But also that is someone like her. Is she looking at Congress? You know, mm. she's young uh, enough. Yep. Certainly, there's a lot that she could go for. Um, and let's face it. I mean, I don't know. In a state like this, um, Warren is in her 70s. Markey, I believe, is in his later 70s. Good they point. hold the Senate seats. Yeah. I don't think Markey is that well-liked, you know, he mm. rode AOC's coattails and he right. managed to knock off the Kennedy. I don't know. Like, I think there are U.S. Senate seats. Could a moderate Republican, could there be an appetite for that for Massachusetts? I don't think that's impossible. So right. if, you know, I think Baker is a very talented guy. I think his brand of politics is very needed to still have a voice like that. So yeah. you're right. We'll see. I will just note, um, and for P- I know there's people felt like he was not conservative enough. But look, um, when you see who's lined up on the Democratic side, <laughs> I mean, you have a very progressive state senator, um, Chong Diaz. You have kind of this wacky Harvard professor person, Daniel Allen. I don't see any of that going anywhere. I don't know. But I mean, and Maura Healy ultimately would be the front runner. I'm talking about with the Democrats and and who they're going to put up for governor. Yeah. What about this talk that, I mean, the first person that his phone started blowing up apparently was former Boston Mayor Marty Walsh. Yes. Now, you know, that's new to the Biden administration, but that's to pass up if you know, if he suddenly decides that he feels well, that's he could it. handle her in a primary and this is his shot to be the governor. Yeah. And, you know, I see that as that could easily come to fruition from him, John, because yeah. I think a guy like him, he's like Boston. He's local. Like, I don't know. Is he loving being a cabinet secretary and, and what that looks like? And he did it for obviously you do that for the president calls and wants you. But I think that's something to watch because I and yeah. Walsh, John, is actually very is I, I think he's younger than he might look sometimes. I don't think he's only 50 something. So yes. um, I think Walsh is one to watch. But I would just say that um, as and you covered him in the past, that Jeff Deal, I mean, to me, it this actually is a big opening for him with no Baker because he yep. could consolidate a lot of independence. Um, I think are looking for alternatives to the Democrats, even in Massachusetts. And, and people are worn down by just 
the pandemic and everything they associate with it. So I think Jeff Deal could run, you know, pull himself into a, a very, you know, aggressive campaign. So we'll, we'll see. I had him on the show last week. It certainly paid off now that he did run against Elizabeth Warren. He mm-hmm. knows what it's like to run a statewide yep. campaign. That was a tough race to be up against. This this could be his time, and that would be a huge uh, movement for the party if they could once again hold on to yeah. the, 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 the Beacon Hill. Folks, quick break. A lot more Donna Perry right here on the John DePietro Show. Brothers Disposal. Call Brothers Disposal today. Get a purple dumpster for your driveway. How do you know it's Brothers Disposal? Because it's a purple dumpster. Look for them on Facebook and give them a call for an estimate, 401 401- 6880517 get a dumpster in your driveway maybe you're cleaning out your basement your garage unwanted belongings maybe you just have some things in boxes that you've never taken out clean it out with brothers disposal they're also now offering weekly trash collection services call brother roland today at brothers disposal 401 401- Six eight eight zero five one seven. Whether it's a small household construction project or you just need a dumpster to get rid of some unwanted belongings, call Brothers Disposal today. Come on, brother. Call Brothers Disposal, 401-688-0517. Look for them on Facebook, Brothers Disposal. Get a dumpster in your driveway, 401-688-0517. You're listening to The John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Folks, joining us right now, as much as people think of the holidays and Christmas and all the excitement and a new year that it could bring on, uh, people think that they should be happy. It actually can, uh, there's people dealing with some very difficult feelings, and there's been an epidemic of, uh, of grown men and middle-aged men taking their own life. And Dr. Rob, who specializes in this, and Dr. Rob, I think one of the first things is it's family members or maybe people see someone at a holiday party or just know of someone, and they they want to reach out and, and find out just how someone is, is doing mentally during the holidays. Yeah, it, it's pretty common for some, some people to be really distressed at this time. And the most important thing you can do is to let somebody know you care. Just to say, hey, it seems like you're really struggling. Is there something I can help you with? Uh, would you like to talk about things? Um, let's sit down in a quiet place and, and just have some time together and, and try to see what's, what's happening here. Um, so that's, that's really important. Your expression of caring can restore hope to people who are feeling pretty hopeless sometimes. So very it, important. And, folks, this leads to this website that Dr. Rob's going to direct people to. We've been doing this now over several months. We're going to continue into the new year. And uh, it's it's mantherapy.org. And, Dr. Rob, you know, again, as I said, people see, oh, I, I should be happy, and they see the lights and Christmas. But this time of year and a new year, it, it can emote, uh, bring up a lot of past memories. Uh, you know, people even refer to it as ghosts of Christmas past. We remembered when you were a child, and then you think of maybe there are people that are no longer with us. And, and for varying different reasons, it, it can actually be a very difficult time for people mentally. It can be, and uh, middle-aged men particularly in general are, are very resistant to seeking help sometimes, and there's a certain stigma about going to see a therapist or going to even see your own doctor sometimes. Um, so one of the resources that people need to know about is this uh, web- website called mantherapy.org, where you can just anonymously go to the website and check out your own mental health status. That's what's called a 20-point head inspection that helps a guy figure out Am I just being stressed or are they really suffering from depression or, or some other mental uh, health challenge? Um, and there's lots of resources listed on there, too. It, it, in the first place, it's a very humorous uh, site with lots of funny videos, but there's also some really valuable resources available there, too. And, again, you don't have to face the stigma of uh, seeing somebody going into a, a therapist's office or something. So just go to a website. Go to the website of mantherapy.org and, and check it out. It's really a lot of value there. Folks, we speak with Dr. Rob. And Dr. Rob, not only that, but because there is a website and there's a link, people could either send it through text message, they could send an email. I received a nice email from this woman that hadn't seen a brother in a while, talked to him, did not sound good, did not sound like himself. And after our conversation, she she just sent him the, the email. She didn't have to talk about it. She just sent him the email and the link and then uh, and it, it turned out that, that there was something much deeper that's going on. So um, that is one p- 
portion of this. And Dr. Rob, you've also been so good and such a leader on leading people. People think about taking a CPR course, but there's even a course that people can take to look for warning signs when there's someone who has kind of lost their way. Yeah, this course is called QPR, which stands for Question, Persuade, and Refer. And it basically teaches any any adult citizen how to recognize that a warning sign that someone might be thinking about suicide. And then it uh, helps them to be able to answer the question directly. Uh, are you thinking about taking your life? Or are you thinking about suicide? And then let me help persuading them to let you help them get some help, uh, just as a friend or a neighbor or a coworker, not a professional, but just somebody who cares about them, and then to refer them appropriately. Uh, it's important to realize that not everybody who might be thinking about suicide needs to go to the emergency room. Not everybody needs 911 called. Uh, so this teaches you how to do this. It gives you some real tools, and as I said, how to recognize first and how to respond that someone may be thinking about suicide. It's been, studies have shown it really saves lives. Folks, again, it's the website is mantherapy.org, and I want people to understand that this is the age group that this really focuses on is middle-aged men. There's been rampant. Uh, it's, it is an epidemic of uh, middle-aged men that have been taking their life. It doesn't have to be that way. So whether it's a spouse or a friend or a coworker, whoever it may be, mantherapy.org, we're going to continue our conversations with Dr. Rob into the new year. Dr. Rob, I want to thank you once again for your expertise, expertise, sensitivity in talking about it and dedication to it. You are literally saving lives, and thank you, thank you for agreeing to continue our conversations. Well, I'm delighted to, John. I really appreciate all your support and help in this. It's the, I think it's a great service to the community, and thank you so much. Make Henry Oil your oil provider this winter. Give them a call today. Call Henry Oil, 401 401- Five two one zero two hundred four zero one five two one zero two hundred Henry Oil serving most of Rhode Island and southeastern Mass automatic delivery budget plans service contracts lock and cap pricing you can depend on Henry Oil call them today four zero one five two one zero two hundred reliable affordable fuel oil delivery fuel fuel oil diesel gasoline delivery residential and commercial. It's Henry Oil. Give them a call. Since 1947, you can depend on Henry Oil. Call them today. Make Henry Oil your oil provider. 401-521-0200. 401-521-0200. Remember, online at henryoil.com. Go with the original. Go with the best. It's Henry Oil. You're listening to The John DePietro Show on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Remember, you can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. Now, while you're there, uh, there's a lot of exclusive stories. Folks, we cover stories the rest of the media ignores. It's real news, whether it's video that we're out at a crime or a protest or various things that are happening, plus other exclusive stories that we break log on at the website that's also the best way to reach me by the way if you'd like to get in touch with me just scroll down a little bit you'll see a a button that says contact john you can also support the program you you can also get some great merchandise in the shop right there at dipetro.com and it's all our links to social media whether it's facebook so you can watch facebook live or also twitter or youtube or instagram so take a minute, and then also we have some great sponsors there as well. It is a happening. Check it each day. It's depetro.com.